Again, welcome back to the Young Adult Novel Audio Podcast, and we are going to be reading from the book, The Immortal Mage Chronicles. I will be doing an updated chapter 10. I am currently on chapter 8 right now. Um, so again, please support the author. They have an ebook and hard copy on Amazon and Goodreads. Um, The Immortal Mage Chronicles by Maria Grant is the book. If you have Kindle Unlimited, then it is free for you. Um, If not, it's $2.99 and $10 for the hard copy. Please support the author if you're liking this or tell your friends about it. Um, So I'm going to be starting from chapter 8. Do I need a lawyer? It's been two weeks since George's death. And no answers have been provided as of yet. George's parents are upset and are threatening to go to the real police while their hired detective, Larson, is trying to chase George's last steps. Getting desperate, the headmistress has asked for Zinc and two other students to come and see if they can get a vision off of George's body. It's morbid. And Zinc protested many times but finally agreed. So here he is walking into the headmistress's office, and the sight he is presented with is shocking. Headmistress Truman is leaned over her desk, hair in a messy bun, slanted eyes, and a bottle of Jack is in her left hand. She sees Zinc enter, and it's like she has to squint in order to even see the team. Which one is you? The woman slurs. Zinc covers his nose as it's assaulted by the smell of liquor. Zinc, he points to himself. You told me to meet you to see about getting a vision. Ah, uh, the woman hiccups as she sits up. She points her finger to Zinc. I've seen you with that girl. You mean your daughter, Calissa. Zinc deadpans. <laughs> no daughter of mine? The woman slurs a little bit. She was supposed to be a brown like me. Powerful. She's nothing. Zinc frowns at this before he feels the vision coming. His eyes roll into the back of his head and he feels his body freezing up. It seems to be a vision of Calissa's parents arguing. Orphis, I feel her kicking. The woman smiles. A genuine smile. Let me feel. The man smells back. He gets on his knees and allows his hands to rest on the bump in front of him. My powerful little weapon. Keep fighting, little one. The woman pulls back slightly. Her daughter is not a weapon, the woman chastises. She could very well be, the man presses on. She'll easily rise to a brown, maybe even higher. If so, who cares? The woman wraps a hand around her stomach. She could be the catalyst to help support a very powerful coven one day. The man counters, coven? The woman snorts. You keep claiming we don't need a coven, and I keep begging you to let us join one. So why the sudden sudden interest in covens now, and why try and bring our unborn daughter into this? You don't understand. The man has fire in his eyes. This child is the start of something big. Her power will be notorious. Stop talking about our child like that. The woman turns around and leaves. I'm going to my mother's. She throws over her shoulder. 
Zink pulls out the vision and feels floored, truly winded. He felt their emotions and is leaving him emotive. You loved her once. Zink breathes out in disbelief. What are you talking about? The woman stands up and uses a desk for balance. Stay out of my head. I can't help it. I get visions. Zink defends. But I saw you and your husband. Shut up. Had Mrs. Truman seems to sober up instantly. Don't you mention anything about my late husband Orphus around me ever again, she warns. But Zink tries and gets cut off. So help me. She drops a liquor bottle onto the ground and strides up to Zink, pinning him to the wall. I will end you, little boy. Fine. Zink relents. But he looks like the family friend of Calissa's. Zink so desperately wants to say, but doesn't. Hey, is now good? A student asks as he enters the room. He's about the same height as Zink, but with a mohawk. Hey, man. The name is Porter, age 20, uh, Zink, 16. Zink introduces himself. Ugh, Porter, I called you here. Headmistress squints, squints. Porter pouts dramatically. You wound me, Brenda. He grabs at his heart. The interaction between the two is so bizarre. And this Porter kid called her by her first name. Who is he? You're lucky you come from a powerful family, had Mrs. Truman seems to warn the fellow teen, or else I'd be kicking your little skinny ass all over the school. Hey, if you want to see my ass, Brenda, you only have to ask, Porter wings dramatically. I have arrived. Another random student enters, a tall blonde, and Zink sighs in relief. It was getting weird with how Porter and Mrs. Truman were interacting. He's never seen her joke before. He doesn't like it. Makes her seem human. Christina, headmistress starts. Believe it or not, my dear, you aren't the center of the universe, so stop announcing yourself every time you enter a room. Hmm. Christina flips her curly blonde hair over her thin shoulder. You called me here, remember? I have more important things to do than worry about some 16-year-old little girl who's murdered. Christina says it like it's... She's disgusted at having to do something like this. You're pretty heartless, huh? Zink tells her. Maybe when it's you found dead, we'll treat you the same way. As if that would ever happen to me, the girl sneers. I'm 21. None of the 21-year-olds have gone missing because we know what we're doing. Zink pauses away for further research. Maybe whomever is taking students is avoiding the 21-year-olds for a reason. But then again... A teacher is now also missing, so. That? And you're only an orange. Porter teases. They won't waste time on you. The two start to bicker, so Zink turns out as his mind wanders back to Calissa. Is that man passing off as a family friend when he's really her father? Or does Calissa know the man is her father but has been told to keep it a secret? What would happen between Brenda, Orphus, and Calissa? Can you children stop? The headmistress yells. Silence follows. I need you all to go and touch Georgia to get a vision off of her. See if you can tell her her last few steps so that that damn detective can leave me alone. Naturally. 
the strong conviction in her voice, and Zink wanting to find the killer for Trevor's sake, leads Zink to getting a vision. His body goes still as his eyes roll into the back of his head. I don't want to be a part of this, Georgia says with tears down her face. I don't believe in what you're doing and I refuse to join this coven. Just kill her, a man shouts in the distance. His back is the only thing shown. She's not even the one we're after. None of them are. Let's just get our target and be done with it. Our target isn't ready yet and you know it. Another man says in the distance, the only thing shown on him is a tattoo on his bare right arm is a dragon. Nothing too spectacular at all. He's lucky we took a death bond with him. Having us do all this work, that mage better be worth the trouble. Another guy grumbles. Let's just kill this Georgia girl and be done with her. The tattoo guy urges, I'll be the one to dump her body on the school grounds. Maybe he'll send a message to the others we took. I'll let them know that they either join us or die. Fine, do whatever you want. The first guy dismisses, we're strong as is. We don't really need the numbers. Just that one we're coming for soon. I'd rather die than be in a coven with you murderers. Georgia screams, and it's the last words that she says. Zink pulls out of the vision and fears the tears show down his face. He bends over and feels hands on his back. Hey, well, bro, what's wrong? Did you seriously get a vision just now? Porter sounds surprised and kind of excited. Oh, fuck, how strong are you? I've never heard of someone getting a vision from just thinking of something without touching an object. Zink stands and retells his vision. He explains he stopped the vision before George's actual death, but it was enough to go off on. Had Mistress Truman looked pleased, and Porter and Christina said they'll still touch the body. Zink leaves and heads to his room where Leo's playing video games. Hey, bro. Leo waves as he pauses the game. Oh, shit, you look like hell. Feel like it. Zink admits as he lays on the bed. I had the worst vision earlier, man. I would ask how it went, but I can tell. Leo pulls a face as he discards his controller. Georgia didn't want to join some coven, so they killed her, Zink tells. She knew she was going to die, and she said that she'd rather take death than be a part of them. To make it worse, she wasn't their end target. They're taking these people to up their numbers but their real target is still at this school somewhere apparently they aren't ready yet what does that even mean leo inquires i wish i knew zinc admits is all the game to these people they're taking people and willing to kill them also they can wait for whomever to be ready that's so sadistic leo wipes a hand down his face no wonder trevor's been a nervous wreck hey speaking of that Zink recalls something. One of the girls today, Christina, stated none of the 21-year-olds have been taken. However, there was a teacher missing, so I'm not sure about that. Oh, that teacher missing really didn't run off with two students, Leo laughs. I heard about it from one of the old ladies in the cafeteria, but at least the students were 20, so completely legal and all. Wow. Zink feels his shoulders moving as he joins in the laughter. How about you get your mind off the depressing stuff and come play around with me, Leo offers. 
Zinglings up and smirks. Alright, it's on. He responds. He does enjoy playing with Leo and getting his mind off things, but there's still a part of him that wants to know if Calissa's father is here on campus. Oh well, he'll save that for another day. With Cinder being spent playing games and eating food, Monday comes like a whirlwind. Natural science classes just ended and Leo's waiting for Calissa to get done meeting with the professor, Lyman. It's been 10 minutes, so he goes back in the classroom to see the professor pulling some of Calissa's hair behind her ear before rubbing on her shoulder. She doesn't like to be touched by anyone other than her boyfriend. Leo can't help himself. His lips start moving without his permission. Calissa looks to him surprised, like maybe she didn't know that Leo was her boyfriend, but they've been on three dates, so that counts as dating, right? Oh, I didn't mean to impose, the teacher smiles, and Leo wrinkles his nose. Hey, Professor Lyman nominated me to be his class helper. Calissa smiles, seemingly happy about the news. I get to work with him after class on every Thursday. Great, Leo responds. She's just so talented for this stuff. Professor Lyman reaches out, almost like he wants to pet Calissa's hair, but decides against it. Only when I get a hundred on that pop quiz? Calissa blushes and Leo sighs, annoyed but happy for her. You should totally help me study then, Leo settles on saying. I can do that, Calissa points to herself. Okay, we should be off to our next class. Calissa grabs Leo's wrist and off they go. Surprised but content by the action, Leo slides his, slides his fingers through Calissa's. I'm totally psyched for you. Leo congratulates. Being a class helper looks really good when you're wanting to venture off to different clubs and join covens. I know. I don't know if I'm coven material. Calissa shrugs. Well, Leo chants the saying, we're all going to be creating a coven one day. You'll join us just join ours. Don't look so down on yourself. Calissa doesn't respond verbally. But she gives Leo a quick kiss on the cheek before pulling away with flushed cheeks. Leo smiles for the rest of the day. It's now dinner time and Leo is rocking his smell as he eats some tomato soup. Hmm. Why the fuck are you so happy? Chase questions, food in his mouth. You and Calissa do it? No! Calissa shouts as she puts her hands on her face. You know she's a virgin, Abigail deadpans. Yo, still? Chase finishes his food. Uh, she's 16. What do you expect? Zafrina throws a fried Chase. Nothing wrong with still being a virgin. Zink gives Chase the middle finger. I actually agree this time. Abigail speaks up, which surprises the hell out of everyone. She should be a virgin as long as possible. That's only because you don't want... Chase's mouth gets glued shut with a silencing spell. He makes rude gestures and keeps pointing to his mouth until Abigail undoes the spell. Shit, you are wicked when you're pissed. And don't forget that. Abigail speaks to Chase, but she's looking to Calissa. Leo glares over at Abigail and the redhead team just huffs. Can we move this conversation to me? Trevor looks rough. He's pulling on the ends of his blonde hair and his green eyes look puffy and dull. I just got a text from Barbara. Imani has been missing for a day. 
the table grows quiet, and Trevor shakes his head before getting up to leave, fools down the table. No one blames him. Wait, I'll go with you. Chase jumps up, throwing his food away before sprinting out of the calf. Yo, man, slow down. Chase catches up to his friend. Trevor stops walking and slumps down to the floor, elbows resting on his knees. I'm worried, Trevor admits. I won't judge you if you weren't. I would judge you if you weren't. Chase sits down beside his friends. But we agreed that we won't go anywhere alone until this is resolved because... Chase trails off when a man comes up to them. Trevor Cannon. The man has a photo in his hand of Trevor. He looks at the photo, then back at Trevor. I'm Detective Larson Rice. I've been hired by Georgia's parents to find out who killed their daughter. A Barbara Young gave me her photo saying it might be in danger. Thank God. Chase sighs in relief. I was terrified I would have to protect him and end up getting killed in the process. But you're like a proper detective. You must be powerful, right? What color are you? I'm a brown. Detective Rife responds. I want to protect you indeed. It took a whole week before another student went missing. I'm not sure this is the time frame. Well, our friend Zink found out no 21-year-olds have gone missing. Chase speaks up. And it was students missing every day or every other day. Then a week went by, nothing happened. Maybe someone got close or they got spooked. This Zink fella, does he know much about this? Larson asks as he starts writing in his black notepad. Uh, yeah, he gets visions, Trevor responds. Oh, the man nods. A seer, huh? He must be the one who had the vision of the tattoo guy. Yep, that's our friend, Chase brags. He's a total badass with those visions. How are you going to protect me? Trevor blurts out. To start, there's a dentist friend I'm close with. Larson begins. He's agreed to place a tracker in your back molar. This way no magic will affect it and we can keep track of you at all times. What else? Trevor's hands start to shake as he thinks about meeting the same fate as Georgia. He's only 16. He's not brave. He doesn't want to die. Not yet. Not before he's he's even begun. There will be undercover officers watching your every move, Larson explains. So give us a detailed list of where you go and when each day. Trevor nods, feeling bad about the situation already. Oh, wait. Chase scratches at his bottom chin. Zink is convinced someone who works at this school or has ties to this school is behind this. Our friend Leo is suspicious of this kid named Bradley Kelp. He's 19. He randomly started befriending the new girl, Calissa, and he's super weird and secretive. He had taken her to the woods and did some sort of powerful spell. <coughs> they only caught the end of it, but they said that it changed this guy's colors. Dude, Trevor shakes his head. Sorry to waste your time, detective. Our friend is dating Calissa, and he's just a bit jealous of Bradley, Trevor states. Hey, any tip is welcome at this point. Larson means it. We'll look into it. Anyone else suspicious? Well, Chase looks to the ground and doesn't know if he should even mention this last thing or not, but he doesn't want to leave anything out and risk Trevor's life. You can't tell anyone where you got this, but our friend Calissa, well, she has a family friend member who just randomly showed up one day or two after she did. 
I don't think he's ever left, but he seems a bit, I don't know, overly protective of her. Obsessed, even? Interesting. Larson is quickly writing this down. Do you have his name? Chase shakes his head. She won't give it, Chase admits. But our friend Abigail York has an assortment of photos she snuck and took. Thanks, you two. Larson continues to write. We'll look into this. In the meantime, Trevor, would you like to get that molar chipped? Trevor quickly stands, Chase standing with them. No offense, but I would feel more comfortable coming with them and having our friends know where we're going. Chase has his phone out, of course. Larson is glad Larson is glad they're taking precautions. Anyone could be a suspect, and anyone could be a target. They should be nervous about everyone, including Larson himself. Cool. Chase takes a photo of Larson and sends a detailed text about Zink and Leo. They get the location of the dentist and send all that to Zink as well. Leaving the two of them to feel much better about the situation at hand and hope all these steps help to catch a murderer. They spend the next few days trying to adjust to their new life of looking over their shoulders and making sure Trevor is never alone. It's rough and terrifying. And Trevor's dad, Mr. Cannon, wants nothing more to drag his son home and lock him in the basement. Now that it's Thursday, Zink is reading a book for class when he's approached by Porter, the guy he had just met in Brenda's office. Zink puts the book down and looks up to the elder in confusion. Can I help you? Zink at questions. Bro! Porter pats Zink on the back as if they've been long lost friends. Have you seen any faces of the killers? Not even a really good image of the body. Nothing besides that tattoo, right? Zink thinks about it and always found it weird but never questioned it. I just dismissed it for the fact that Georgia never saw the killer's face. Zink shrugs. Nah, bro. Porter shakes his head. That's not how our visions work. We see the scene that happened, not just the point of view of one subject. So what are you trying to say? Zing's book is long forgotten at this point. He had no idea. Those killers are cloaking themselves somehow. I think that tattoo reveal was exposed by mistake. Maybe they aren't strong enough, which is why... They're, they took Imani, Porter suggests in a hush whisper. I don't even know who can be trusted at this point, but it's obvious that someone at this school is working for the killer. You're right, Zink nods. How else would they know where students to take? As for the oldest students of the group, Porter leans closer. The reason no one has gone missing is because they don't have ranks. Zink blinks three times before dropping his mouth open. What? He gasped. He had no idea of this either. What are they teaching them at this school? I asked around, man. Porter nods. They don't do rinks. They just prepare students for the real, real world and life after this school. They don't even have normal classes. All they do are spells, potions, defense magic, stuff like that. So it has to be someone who knows this. Zink states, I had no idea. I'm sure most don't. They don't, Porter agrees. It's kept real hush. Then why don't we shake things up a bit? Zink gets an idea. 
fake ratings for them. See if we can catch any bait. We'd have to only tell a certain group of people. Porter seems to think about it. See if there are any leaks. And we'll have to keep a monitor on the office where rankings are held. See what happens. Zink nods. I agree. Let's go tell the headmistress. As Zink and Porter set off on their plan, Leo and Calissa are laughing outside as they sit on a bench. Walking up to them is Detective Rice. He has a notepad in his left hand and a pen in his right. Hi, Calissa and Leo, right? He reaches in his pocket with his right hand and pulls out a couple of photos before placing them back in his pocket. Can I talk with you two? Do I need a lawyer? Calissa quickly responds as she looks to Leo. No. Detective Rice draws out. I'm Detective Larson Rice. We just met in the library and I wanted to clarify a few things people have brought to my attention. Like what? Leo wants to know. How could they have anything to talk to this guy about? Well, Leo, Larson starts with him. It's been said that you think Bradley Kelp is hiding something, right? Calissa looks to him and Leo sinks down a bit. I never said that. Leo starts tapping his nails on the table. You aren't in any trouble. Just explain yourself. Larson tries to keep his voice calm. Look, he is creepy and he's always around Calissa. Leo blurts. I'm not saying he's a killer or tied to what's going on. I seriously doubt it. I just think he has bad intentions with her. And why do you think that? Larson tries to pry him out of Leo. Is this a therapy session? Leo's starting to get agitated because Calissa is literally right here and it's embarrassing. No, no. Larson backtracks. Look, I heard that you saw the sky change colors with him. Is that true? Yeah. Leo says slowly, it was like a dark gray when we walked up. I think he did some sort of spell. He did. Calissa speaks abruptly. I don't know what kind or well I do, but I promised I wouldn't tell. It wasn't anything dangerous. In fact, it was really cool. It involved a bird, completely harmless. All right. Larson takes notes. Thank you. And Calissa, this family friend of yours, he arrived around the time of the first kidnapping, didn't he? What's his name? Leo notices Calissa clam up, and he gets this weird feeling in the pit of his stomach. She's hiding something about this man, and he's not who she says he is. He can't be. I hardly see how it matters. You know, you knowing his name, that is. Calissa responds. I want to talk with him, see if he knows anything or saw anything. Larson is now curious about this man. Could I at least have a photo? No. Calissa stands. You said I didn't need a lawyer. If that man knows anything, then I'll ask him to tell me directly. Instead of harassing students, shouldn't you be solving a murder? Calissa walks away, and Leo walks after her. He wants so desperate to ask her what's going on, but he doesn't. Hey, talk to me when you're ready. Leo settles on saying. Calissa steps slow down to a normal pace, and her shoulders slink. Thank you for trusting me, she murmurs, and the look on her face let Leo know she wants so desperately to spill everything, but she can't. Hell, he wouldn't blame her. He doesn't blame her. These are things that's been building for so long for her. 
How can she just trust him so easily after just a little over a month? He'll have to just be here for her for whenever she is ready to open up. That's all he can do. And so two of them walk back to Leo's darkness study. Abigail's with Lair and her boyfriend, Michael. They are currently following Bradley around to get more information on him per Leo's request. <sighs> Bruh, this is boring. Michael runs hands, fingers through his platinum-colored hair as he yawns. That Bradley guy's been in the bathroom for 40 minutes. No one asked you to come, Michael. Abigail glares. There are people dying. Michael deadpans. You think I'm letting my girlfriend out of my sight to chase around some guy who takes 40 minute shits? Classy. Abigail gives him her middle finger. Play nice, you two. Laguerre says as she continues to play solitary on her phone. Ugh, I'm going in. Abigail gives up. She storms up to the male door and bathroom and enters. There's a random guy who shrieks as he hides his prick while peeing. She ignores him, looks under the stalls until she sees the only one with shoes. Open up, you dick. The door opens and smirking, and a smirking Bradley walks out. I made a bet with myself to see when you would come in, Bradley says cockily. You suck at following people, by the way. Especially with that massive blonde guy walking around with you. Fucking Michael? Abigail complains. I didn't even want him to come. <clears throat> not the point, Abigail points. Do you have a thing for Calissa or not? Straight to the point. I like that. Bradley nuts. I'm not into girls younger than me, though. He looks Abigail up and down. Though I can make an exception for you. Abigail refuses to allow his charm to get to her, despite her blush. Stop flirting. She tries to lick her lips. Calissa and I are tied together. Bradley shrugs. That's all I can say for now. Things will play out the way they're supposed to. But tell that little boyfriend of hers that I'm not a threat to her heart. Bradley walks out of the bathroom, and the same pee kid is standing at the urinal holding himself still. Ugh! Abigail groans and she glares at the kid before storming out of the bathroom herself. What happened? Leah looks up from her phone in question. Abigail glares at Michael and pushes him. It's all your fault. She accuses as she storms away, knowing Bradley got the better of her. Hey, what did I do? Michael shouts. I'll go after her. Leah chots after her upset friend. Michael stands in the middle of the dorm hall with his hands on his head, completely bewildered. Seriously, what did I do? He shouts again in deaf ears. Abigail continues walking away with one thought on her mind. She was right about Calissa. There's more to her than being some damn maroon. And Abigail won't stop until she exposes the truth.